and small American flags besides the names. And as he looked at it, his pastor walked up and said, Good morning, how you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. And then he said, Pastor, what is this that he was looking at? Well, the pastor said, well, it's, it's a memorial to all the young, wem, young men and women who died in the service. And soberly, they stood there together staring at the plaque. And then, in a tender young voice, the boy said, which service, the 9.30 or 10.30 service? <laughs> Sometimes when it comes to memorials, we have the wrong ideas of what's happening, right? And sad to say, um, when it comes to Memorial Day, we often, as Americans, don't have a, a proper perspective on Memorial Day. Um, I don't know if you know that... Um, on Memorial Day, you're supposed to run your flag up to the full, full mast and then bring it down to half mast until noon, and then you're to raise it back up to the full mast. And the reasoning behind this is those that have died are worthy of honor more than a full mast they are worthy of a full mast and a half mast. We often don't realize that even in the simple things like that, um, it is giving honor unto those who have given their lives for our country. And one of the things that we as people are prone to do is to forget the things that have been done. It's not something unique to we as Americans. It's throughout all of history. And God realized that and understood that and implemented many things to help we as people not forget. Because we are prone to forget the price that people have paid for our freedom we are prone to forget the blessings that we have had in life. And God desires us to remember. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you'd turn there, if you would, please. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to, I, I just want to read this chapter before we look today at some important marks of a memorial. It is important for us in our lives to, first of all, as Americans, not forget the freedom that we have and the price that was paid, but as believers, to not forget the things that God has done in our life. Deuteronomy chapter 8, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all in the way these 40 years in the wilderness 
to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains and springs that flows out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and figs and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he has swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, and follow other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So God lays before the children of Israel. These are the things that I have done. These are what I'm going to do. And he warns them, be very, very careful that when I have blessed you, that you do not forget me. That you do not forget that I am the one that provided for you and protected you and, and gave you manna and, and led you in the way. And we, we're not going to take the time to look at the various things that God raised up for the children of Israel to be memorials to them. The Passover is a memorial. The, the Feast of the Tabernacles is a memorial. Many things that he made them do so that they would remember 
Yes, God did deliver us. And it is important as we look at Israel that we see in our own lives we have a propensity to forget God. And, and not necessarily on purpose, but we, we go on and we think, look at, I worked and did this and I have this and, and we forget God. And for that reason, it is important for us in our own lives that we raise up memorials. It may not necessarily be a, a pile of stone, so to speak, like God raised up for Joshua and the children of Israel when they crossed the, the river and God provided for them. But it may be things that we raise up in our own personal lives that are reminders to us of God's work in our lives that Every time we think about this or see this, we are reminded of it. There are certain days in my life, uh, dates I should say, in my life that are memorials. January 29th, 1973. I know that sounds really ancient for you young people. But that's a memorial in my life that God did something very special. May 29th. 1977, another memorial in my life. There are seasons of life. I don't remember the exact day, date that I got saved, but I remember the month. And every time that month comes around, I am reminded again of God's work in my life in bringing me to salvation. There are other things that that I have in my life that I use to remind me of the things that God has done. Memorials are very, very important if they are biblical memorials. Let me just mention quickly four marks of a memorial. Number one, it brings praise to God. It's not building a memorial um, just for the sake of remembering something that happened. It's remembering the works of God. It brings praise to God. Here, God said, it's important that you remember my works. Every human being is a worshiper. We worship something. And all worship is vain unless it is worship of God. And a memorial to be that that God is thankful for is a memorial that brings praise to God. Secondly, it reminds us of God's work. It reminds us of the working of God in our life and and what God did. We read chapter 8, and God reviewed over and over and several times in this chapter the things that he did. Many people, if you were to ask them, what has God done in your life? They, they'd stammer, they'd delay, they, they, they're not aware, they're not keeping a record of things that God has done. They, they don't have a memorial in their life that they're able to go back and say, wow, look at, this is what, this is what God has done in my life. 
There are various things that, that I have in my mind that there are times that I go back to and I say, God, you, you met me here. And you promised that you never would leave me nor forsake me. I, there are many times that as individuals you are faced with dark valleys. And when you go to God in those, and you continue to go to God in those, and God meets with you there, you have the opportunity to build in your mind a memorial that reminds you of the mighty works of God. I, I have a memorial in my mind when my father died, and it wasn't at the cemetery, it wasn't at the service, it was sitting on the bed before the service and saying, God, you are all I have, and God said, I'm all you need. Do you know how many times that's come back in my life? I don't, I don't have time to go on and, but I trust you have memorials in your life that you're able to go to and say, this was a mighty working of God. And, and to rejoice in that. I mean, in, in so many ways, it's important that we do this. I need to hasten on. Number three, a true memorial will renew our faith. It will remind us, wow, look at, look at how God has blessed us here. And, and I can trust God for the future. And a true memorial, number four, gives hope to others. Wow, God did that for you? Wow, I, I guess He can do that in my life as well. Let me just quickly say there are certain memorials that people build that need to be torn down. Any memorial that feeds bitterness needs to be torn down. There are some people that have built a memorial in their life and they visit it often and it reminds them of when they were done wrong, something happened, and they go to that memorial and they remind themselves of that. That's a memorial that needs to be blown up and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and forgiven and going on. You don't want, you don't need to go back and remember those things. A memorial that continually revives sorrow. Sorrow is an important part of life, but we're not to continually live there. And and continually reminds, it may be sorrow, oh, I'm sorry for how I lived. How could I be so stupid? Why did I make such dumb decisions? You keep going back to that. that. That's not a good memorial. That doesn't bring glory to God. That's a self-centered, pity party, prideful memorial. And yet many people have built memorials of things that they regret or things that they sorrow over. Number three, 
a memorial that builds up self. Man, I was so good. I was so great there. I was so wonderful. That needs torn down. As he said in Deuteronomy, it wasn't you that did this. It was God that did it. And we, we have a tendency in our self-centered life and society to glamorize the good in our life and minimize what is bad and, and end up worshiping what we did. Oh yeah, I, I did this and I did that. Or a memorial that glorifies man. There are some people that go through life and they're glorifying some man. And, and they may be a good person. It may be a father. It may be a grandfather or mother, grandmother. It may be a brother or sister. It may be a boss they had. But it ends there. They never get to where they glorify God. They idolize this person. They, they make more of this person than it ought to be. All of those are memorials that need to be torn down. But let me suggest to you some memorials that you need to build. Or you need to go back and visit, not just on Memorial Day. Number one, build a memorial of life. I mean, we celebrate birthdays, but do we ever, do we ever really stop and say, wow, God, You've given me 62 years. That's 62 years of your mercies. That's 62 years of your provision. God, you've given this child of ours seven years. Wow, that is seven years of your protection and sustenance and kindness. We're not deserving of one day. But are you, are you thankful for the gift of life? What memorials do you have in the gift of life? What do you go back to? I mean, just the memorial of life. Part of that is remembering today, as we did earlier, in a small way, to look at it, what made America what it is today? Look at the, the price that was paid. And just even, I'm just talking right now, physical life. That's a gift of God. That you are able to, to live in a country where you enjoy this liberty, where the gospel has been prevalent throughout our history. I mean... What memorials have you built that remind you to say, Wow, God, thank you for the gift of life that you have given me. Thank you. Those of you that, that had the privilege to, to grow up with a Christian heritage, do you give thanks? What memorials do you have for that? Those of you that didn't but have come to know Christ as your personal Savior, and God now has, has given you this great privilege, the privilege that you have to, to enjoy life, physical life, but then secondly, to build a memorial 
to your salvation. This is the greatest deliverance that has ever happened. The greatest event to ever happen in your life is the moment you called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you went from condemned to pardoned. You went from guilty to justified without sin. You went from hell to heaven. You went from an alienated person to a member of God's family. And it is too easy for us to forget the bondage that we were rescued from. It is too easy for us to forget the price that was paid for our salvation. It's too easy for us to forget where we would be today were it not for Christ. There is no telling where I would be today were it not for the grace of God. And we need to build memorials. And we need to remind ourselves, October was the month I was born physically, but October is also the month that I was born spiritually. And and October is the best month of the year. You can argue all you want. I thought I'd get a few amens out of that, but but it's it it is to me because it's a memorial of life and it's a memorial of spiritual life that God began a work in my life when, how often do you go back and remind yourself? Do you understand? We meet, we meet on the first day of the week. That's a memorial. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means to our salvation. It's too easy to act like, well, why wouldn't God have saved me? Why wouldn't He do this? No. In understanding, I, I deserve to be alienated completely from God. And in His mercy, He saved me. And I am going to put things in my life that help me to always remember this and be remindful of it and be thankful for it. My salvation. To build a memorial. Number three. To build a memorial of God's provisions and blessings. The psalmist said, Lord, help me to not forget all your blessings toward me. That daily, another psalm, daily you load upon us. James said, every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness. It's learning to be grateful for the gifts that God has given. That's why I encourage you, journal the working of God in your life. Journal the working of God that how He has provided physically, yes, spiritually, of course. Financially, emotionally, God's daily loading us with blessings and being reminded of that. 
And there ought to be in our minds certain things that remind us and say, Man, oh man, am I thankful, Lord, that you have provided this. I said May 29th, 1977. That's when I asked Marilyn Shear to marry me, and she said yes. That is a blessing from God in my life. And and then we got married December seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven. I still. It, why do I remember it? It's a memorial. I don't remember it because she'd be mad at me if I didn't. She doesn't remember it. All right. She's not into details, but I know she loves me. And she's a gift of God. So I I want to remember. The blessings that God puts in our life, do you build memorials to them? Do you remember them? The people that God has put in your life and blessed you with, do you let them know? Do you give them an opportunity to know that they have been used of God in your life? That's a simple way of building a memorial, to going to someone and saying, man, you have been a blessing in my life, and I just want you to know that. You know what? It doesn't do any good to tell them after they're dead. And it's building the memorials in our life of God's provisions, God's blessing. I mentioned earlier, January 29th, 1973. I don't think there has been a year gone by since that date that I have not remembered that date in my mind. And the reason I remember it, it because it was a day of the chastening of the Lord in my life. It was my senior year in high school. It was the night before our conference wrestling tournament. At practice that night, the coach said, I just want everybody going easy. Just go through some motions, shoot and uh, take down, let them take you down. So we were doing that, and my partner came in to take me down. He took me down. I reached out my arm to catch myself and dislocated my elbow. I was looking forward to the conference tournament. I was undefeated in the conference, and that hadn't happened before in my life. And I was looking forward to it, and just like that, it was over. And just like that, God started speaking to my heart. My love had become wrestling. That's all I ate. That's all I drank. That's all I thought. that, That was my whole life. That was the love of my life. And as I laid there in the hospital after they had put this back together, it was like God in his gentle, persuasive manner said, what is the love of your life? And there was, there was nothing I could answer other than the wrong answer. And to this day... I look back on that, and I thank God for his chastening in my life. And there should be times in your life that you can look back to and, and say, wow, that was, that was God spanking me. 
For the moment, Hebrews chapter 12 says, it is not enjoyable. But afterwards, it yields the blessed peace of righteousness. And to be able to look back and say, God, thank you that you loved me enough to discipline me. You should be able to go back and remember times that of what God has done to get your attention. It may be physically, it may be financially, it may be emotionally, but you ought to go back and and rather than a spirit of bitterness say, God, thank you that you love me enough, and I, I want to never, never forget that. There's one other, I don't know that it'd be a memorial. I was trying to think of... Um, what it would be, but it's we need to build build something something to remind us of the coming of Christ. The only thing I could come up with is for more memorial. For it's a foretaste of glory. I know it's bad. That's why I didn't even want to say it. All right, you come up with something, and I'll be glad to reproduce it. All right, but we need a reminder. That all there is in this world is not what is in this world. Jesus Christ is coming again, and we need to not forget that. We need to not forget the things he's done in the past, but we need to remember as well and be reminded Jesus is coming again. He will bring justice. He will make things right. No more battle with the flesh. What a joy it will be to be in his presence. And we need to be reminded of that often. By nature, we are prone to forget. And God said to Moses, don't forget. Don't let the people forget. You will forget. He said, I want you to build memorials. You can read through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And he raised up many opportunities for memorials. The point is, what do you have in your life as a memorial? What do you remind yourself of that that gives praise to God as it reminds you of the mighty working of God? It renews your faith and it, it gives hope to others. We are to build memorials. Thankfully, our nation has built memorials as this weekend, to remind us of the price that was paid. But as believers, we are too forgetful. The workings of God. God has brought deliverance in many of your lives, and it's so easy for us to go on and forget about it. Beware, lest you forget. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help every believer here today to remember the deliverance that you've brought, to remember the provisions and blessings that you've given, to remember the chastening that you bring, and also to remember the glorious appearing of you that will make all things right. Lord, I pray that we would not forget the mighty workings of you, not only as 
citizens of America, but Lord, as members of your family, most importantly. And I pray if there is one here today that says, I, I can't look to a time when I trusted Christ. I pray today would be that time when they trust you and that they could forever look to May 27th as the day of their spiritual birth. Lord, before they leave, may they mention that to someone. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer, help us to remember the mighty works of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.